You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio show where two elder men discuss the latest outpourings from the popular world with a savvy young internet surfer who manages to ride the tides because she sees the waves coming from afar. Like Kelly Slater in his prime, Mar, which literally means sea in Spanish, drops into barrels, cuts back and re-enters the walls of code and information. She is the Simopoleia of the internet seas. Saima Pelea, a daughter of Poseidon and goddess of giant storm waves. I guess Ben and I are two of the Grey A, three ancient sea spirits who personified the white foam of the sea. They shared one eye and one tooth between them. <laughs> Today, Today, we do not talk Greek mythology, we talk gorillas because Cracker Island is our album of the week. But first, a quick rundown of news. Wow, what's this energetic uh, Spanish punk? Well, this is uh, the Spanish Fontaines DC, apparently. Oh! Uh, they are a band called, uh, what are they called? El Diablo de Shanghai. Oh. Barcelona. Really? Uh, and that song is called, I, I can never pronounce this, Boviscopophobia. Bovisco. I have no idea what that means. I see boviscophobia here. Yeah, no, the... I've written it wrong. I've always well, uh, I've written it wrong. <laughs> Do you know the definition of boviscophobia? Uh, no, absolutely no, no idea. But it's interesting because okay, right? You know, the, there's all these bands that like talk quite a lot and talk quite yeah. rapidly and angrily. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. they 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 were trying to label it as crankwave in the quietest, talking about idols, Fontaines, uh, DC, uh, Squid. You know, they were just sort of trying to lump all these sort of bands in who are shouting over lyrics. Obviously, um, Sleaford Mods being uh, the, the the patron saints of Crankwave. Now, Mar, don't get mad. Ooh, okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what do Spanish and Catalan people like more than shouting a lot and having big arguments? So it's like an absolute perfect combination, well, isn't it? I thought you were waiting for an answer and I was like, I don't know, I think I like that quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I remember when I first came here, like I was absolutely blown away by it. If you sat down and people having a family discussion, it'd be like an absolute riot. Oh, it'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and at the end of it, they're just like, all right, oh, yeah, well, should we have a coffee? And you're like, oh. And even when it's not a discussion, we're screaming still. Like, I, re- I recorded it once. I was so blown <laughs> away with it. I was just like, this is, um, this is unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and Unacceptable. I wouldn't say Catalans are screamers as much as refunfunion. What's the English word for ref? I don't know. Not grouchy, but Catalans talk a lot and discuss a lot, which is Mm -hmm. good. And they argue heatedly, but I don't take the, 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 the general vibe of the Catalan rant as like a screaming, like a, like a Sleaford mod kind of. Yeah, Mew, you should come to see my family. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come, come to see uh, my family-in-law as well, yeah. But, you know, I mean, I've always, it, but Catalonia has always been incredibly intellectual and, and, and very politically resistant from all sides. But I don't get the... It, it's, a, it's a very good way of, um, of arguing, I say, I'd say. Yeah, the, I think their stereotype is like imagining them like more British, like... As if Catalonia was the more British, like the polite, the the I don't know, señores um, of of the of the peninsula, um, but I I don't think that applies to everyone. No, no, because there's also a very healthy relationship between the educated Catalan people who, from the city with their ties to the countryside. Like mm-hmm. everyone has like some kind of 
fam, not everyone, but there is a strong sort of identity with the campo and like the traditions and the caganer and the sort mm. of brutish kind of behavior of the of the of the of the countryside life, shall we say? Like for instance, here you know, in Christmas they revere the 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 little Catalan shitting. Um, what do you call it? Payes. No, the Caganer. The Caganer, yeah. Yeah, and it's basically a famous statue where of, they even made like celebrity versions of it, like of Donald Trump or even Darth Vader, like just taking a shit. And what the, what's the symbol of it? Like, it's just like, because it's a healthy act and it's like... Yeah, I think that the culture itself is very scatological. Yeah. Like we, we are, I don't know, obsessed with shit for some reason, like Cagatillo. Cagatillo, Cagatillo. I once read a book, a children's book, about where the Caganeers come from. I don't know if this is like canon, but it was saying that basically when the shepherds, um, no, sorry, when the wise men went out to find Jesus, obviously they had to go and have a shit somewhere. <laughs> it represents that. Oh, but okay. it's not the wise, like, we're respectful of them. Okay. It's just a random that's just yeah, doing you, his thing. It's like the guy with, you know, like the typical payes wearing the black trousers, the white shirt, the red barretina yeah. hat. You know, it's like the Smurfs hat, but in red. Or like Papa Smurf's hat, uh, <laughs> and uh, I love that. I love. I remember. I don't know. It's 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 a great sort of thing of acknowledging something that's totally human, and it's a sign of good health because if you're taking a dump every day in the countryside, it keeps the, the doctor away. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, more. Okay. Oh Ma, shit. <laughs> Ma, what is the one thing that you that would really get your family arguing? I'm quite intrigued. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> Literally anything. Yeah. Now, um, uh, so that was very good. El Diablo de Shanghai. I'm gonna tune into more of that. That was wonderful stuff from them. Uh, I was very, I was very pleased to see that the Wu Tang Clan and Nas have announced a joint world tour because yes. they were two of my idols in in my teenage years in the '90s. I mean, two of '90s rap's biggest icons, especially from the East Coast. Uh, sadly, no show in Spain. Which is like, oh, they're going to France, they're going to Germany, they're going to Sweden, obviously. Like, I think they're even going to Belgium. And they're not stopping by Spain. And this is what we we mean about Primavera being a great place to catch acts that don't usually include Spain on their tours. You know, uh, Nas and Wu-Tang both performed at Primavera uh, separately on occasions. This year we have things like No Worries, which is Anderson Park's side project. We've got Kendrick Lamar. Some of these these hip-hop acts don't usually play single shows in Spain uh, for lack of album sales in the past. Uh, usually they, their cachets, you know, usually they get paid so much money in other countries that in Spain the promoters never find uh, the... I don't know, they don't see it as a, a, a viable risk to take on a solo show. Do you know who is coming to Barcelona? They're talking about hip-hop. Ma, you have to excuse us. Okay. Well, you might know him. Are you a big fan of Havoc from Mob Deep? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Havoc? Havoc from Mob Deep is coming, yeah. Wait, to what? To a smaller venue, obviously. Where uh, Wolf. Which is that, oh, that venue I've never been to? It's next to Razzmatazz. Mm -hmm. It's very near I've my never, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah look, yeah. I'd never. Have you been to Wolf Mar to any kind of? No, I don't think so. Or maybe Rob, has. Rob I, Roman on the controls. I walked past it like one, like sort of early one morning, right? And I walked past Razzmatazz, and you know, people were looking a bit confused outside. I walked past Wolf, and people were like vomiting all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> like, they had wow. a good time. <laughs> Rob, is it bigger than Razzmatazz? No. Okay, so it's a smaller club, but it's got an industrial feel like Raz. Okay, I, I, I want to go to Wolf someday. Some well, night. so do I, but, I, like, and but so I'm thinking like maybe Havoc of Mob Deep. 
you know. Yeah, have it. That that would be a good show. Uh, speaking of other tours, uh, tour news. Roger Waters of Pink Floyd has had a concert cancelled in Germany for anti-Sem- his anti-Semitic stance in the press. Uh, Waters is considered one of the most widely spread anti-Semites in the world, according to Frankfurt officials. The background to the cancellation is the persistent anti-Israel behavior of the former Pink Floyd frontman, who is considered one of the most widely spread anti-Semites in the world. I think the we should say allegedly. Allegedly. I'm of the persuasion to say he's, he's a pro-Palestine uh, supporter activist, uh and uh so but he has he has had very controversial views in the press not only about that about vaccinations about stuff so he gets kind of lumbered in in you know with the kind of people that Damon Albarn is uh, referencing to on Cracker Island which is about cults like uh cults that follow QAnon and stuff like that Interestingly, I'm tying in everything yeah, here. That was good. Very yeah, nice. Yeah, very, yeah. very good tie-in. <laughs> so, um, I was going to talk a little bit about Oscars and award shows, but this because I've tied it in so well. Let's just talk about Cracker Island, please. Uh, shall we just hear a little bit of a Gorillaz track if we have any prepared? Do we, Rob? I don't think we did. No, don't don't look at me confused. No, we do have a Gorillaz track prepared. We have uh, Tormenta, the one with Bad Bunny. Oh, yes. Let's yes. talk about yes, Tormenta yes, yes, yes. first. You're listening to Tormenta, the first collaboration between uh, Gorillaz and Bad Bunny, which is, uh, I think, currently one of the most listened to songs on Spotify, obviously, because anything that Bad Bunny is on is usually the top in the top five of most listened to songs in the world. He is, like, the biggest thing in the world. I think he just is. Like, there was um, a news report came out this week, the biggest albums of 2022, and he had the biggest album. Un verano sin Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, there were loads of K-pop things in the top 20, but he was number one. And he, he's got, a, I think he's the biggest thing in the world right now, right? He is. and But it's funny that, the uh, of okay, well, I'm going to talk a little bit about your review for Pitchfork, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I thought it was very well, it, it, it really summed up everything about the album, even though I might not be in agree- in total agreement with a couple of things that you said, and I'm going to pick it. Pick, uh, pick them out for our listeners but I'd like to talk a little bit about the backlash that you have faced on Twitter once yet again Ben no let me it's not it's not it's not been that big I think I slightly exaggerated like just a few people have been calling me an absolute dick it's been mainly it's, it's actually it's mainly on Reddit mainly on Reddit people have just oh. been saying like they haven't a uh, uh, clue what uh, and um, that I suppose is my fault because I could very easily avoid reading that couldn't I but, uh, but it's nice because it's validation for your work. Like uh, uh, a, a critical opinion has to have backlash, I think. If everyone agrees with you, then there's no fun in it. Well, also, it's a bit like, you know, you kind of one of the things you, you want to do is to get people talking, isn't it? You know, and if you're going to say something that's vaguely critical, then frankly, you've got to be up to people saying. So what was the opinion you had that had people angry at you? Well, I said, basically, it's like. I said basically it's too much like uh, gorillas, if you see what I mean. Like, as in, like, basically, uh, it's getting a little bit... I said basically it's, it's somewhere in between classic and routine, which is, like, a very difficult thing to do because, you like, you know, you kind of... It's a bit like the, the, the strokes, isn't it? You know, like, do you want them to sort of kind of do the same thing ever? And But if they kind of keep doing it... It's like, because the problem is what gorillas did right i love gorillas you might not think but i really genuinely do and what they did was so clever like bringing all these guests and that kind of thing but then that very quickly becomes routine and so they can put out an album with and do a song with like you know tame impala and it's not like whoa tame impala and you know damon Albarn on a hip-hop track with a rapper it's like oh yeah okay well that's kind of what gorillas do 
And some people are just like, well, how can you criticize gorillas for being gorillas? You know? I you see, I agree with that sentiment. Oh right, oh do you? Because no, it is been on Reddit, have you? No, but uh, but <laughs> the, was the one that's <laughs> from the anon from my anonymous <laughs> uh, code name. No, but it's it's unfair that after a twenty year career, we're criticizing uh, gorillas for carrying on with the formula when it is so it is. Obviously, it's it's a, almost like an indulgent thing of Damon Albarn. Like, he can get anyone in the room to record with him. And he's a fanboy. Just like, okay, I've got a dream list of everyone who I've ever worshipped as a musician. And I'm going to get them in the room. And sometimes I'm going to mix them with some, like, some up-and-coming MC who, who's not really that well, that famous. And he has this incredible ability. And it's, a, and it's a joyous celebration, right? It's a joyous celebration of music, of pop music, of all the eras. And... I I can't get in the way of that. I, and I do agree with you, Ben, in the sense of I wasn't like super, oh, wow, this is like the most incredible, incredible new set of songs. But there are a lot of songs that I do like on this album, and that's enough for me. Mm. Okay, what's the best song on the album? Um, Tor Tormenta is definitely like an achievement because, as you say, uh, it, it's it's... It's, it's, it takes gorillas in a newer direction into the contemporary Latin pop sound, which is the, you know, it just shows that they do have relevance. Um, I like what you said about how, you know, Bad Bunny sounds utterly languid while hitting all the notes and beats like a 21st century Frank Sinatra seducing a late night microphone. That <laughs> I image, love that. Yeah. A lot ben, of people ben, didn't, Ma, let me tell you. That, so this <laughs> so is people I, were mad at this like sentence? Nice. Yeah, dig it out. Why? Because there's like Latinophobia in Reddit. Oh. Well, I just read your review and you dared to compare Sinatra with a talentless guy incapable of reaching out with that auto-tune. Please stop giving Bad Bunny artistic credit. He's just a product <gasps> and in five years, nobody will remember his name. In five years, uh, baby, he's been like killing it yeah, for like seven years now. Oh my God, I, I didn't know like people like still like thought I don't know that Latin artists were not like credible as musicians or something. And I thought like, it how? was like 2000 and late that it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, get yeah. over it. But Reddit, you see, that's, <laughs> Reddit is that, still that the dark. Twitter. That was, that was, oh, that Twitter. was on Twitter. Yeah. And, and did he get backlash for saying that? Like the person that criticized you? Someone was there a thread? Backed up. Back, back no, running? someone gave him a heart, but that was about <gasps> it. I kind of just ignored it. And basically. there was another one, wasn't there? There was another one that was a little bit uh, Latinophobic. Well, hang on, hang on. Well, the, 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 the interesting thing is, like, the person who wrote that, I won't mention his name, but has um, what sounds like a pretty Latino name to me. Oh. Yeah. And the, but is it like a made-up name? Sometimes it comes within the house, like the, <laughs> the phobia that... Yeah, like, people, uh, what do you call that when you're ashamed of your roots or uh, your um, race or your... Well, hang on, it's going a bit far. We're defending you, man, so be on our team. <laughs> Um, but the then one, the someone else said, um, kind of like basically, that he said the Bad Bunny song is the one song that Auburn's audience, all Damon Auburn's audience, didn't need. Wow, oh, people so that, didn't like the Bad Bunny one, and, yeah. and it's the top one. Like literally, like go check the charts. Everyone's loving that. Like yeah. you're alone hating this song. But, so to you, it was the best one too, because I love that one too. Like Ben, according to you. Thank your, you. No, I, I, I'm asking, like, which is your favorite song? Oh, no, that, that one. That, that one. one. That, that okay, one. Yeah, yeah. so we I, all agree. I mean, for me, and I know you definitely agree with me on this, um, he's very much the um, Christian Molinaro of um, of the Gorillaz album. Who Who's Christian, Christian Molinaro? Molinaro? 
Is this, it's like a pun, like you're going to say, <laughs> the one that you... No, he's a, he's a Venice player. I thought you'd be up. He's the second, oh. team second captain. I thought, I For thought... those listening, I'm wearing like a soccer team t-shirt thing. It is the most and beautiful it, soccer t-shirt. It is. It, is. it looks and, like it's made and by Ben Gucci. is pulling the, if you love this band so much, name five, five of their songs. Yeah, he's shaming you <laughs> totally for out, wearing yeah. totally. a, a football team shirt. Totally, I know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's I like know the football. New... <laughs> Goal, penalty, defensa. Look at me. I know all these terms. But do you know what an offside is? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, fuera de juego, I still don't. Uh, I know no. more or less that it's, I can never tell. Champions. Yeah. Champions, Champions League. Champions League. Mm. Uh, Champions League. Another <laughs> song that I really liked was the one featuring Beck, even though I can't tell Beck is even on it. Like, I had to listen to it with headphones. He's so, like, he's so soft in the mix. Like, they sing Julie. So it's not like Beck has a part to sing. It's like he's just sort of doing backup vocals for the Damon on Possession Island. But it's business as usual in a good way. See, this is, you're kind of criticizing Gorillas for, oh, it's more of the same, but it's like the more of the same that I like because. I love Alban when he's on full melancholia, like he is on this song. There's the piano, the dreamy twinkles. It might have been written for his solo album, but it's a welcome pause in this track list here. Uh, of the deluxe edition that you reviewed, I th I think I prefer the, the, the album without the... Well, oh, hang on. It has got Crocodillas, which features the late Drew Goy, the dove of De La Soul, who uh, famously rapped on the early Gorillaz hit Feel Good Inc., which actually won them a Grammy. And that was re recorded two decades ago. So he obviously had other raps from True Goy and the rest of De La Soul in the can in his archive. And it's a great way to respect the artist now that he has uh, left us uh, just very recently. Um, but for instance, I didn't think anything at all of the Dom Dollar remix of New Gold, the song that features Tame Impala. I love the original. I love the disco vibe because Tame Impala disco is, is, is something that I'm on board for. But this remix, it's like VIP sofa in an overpriced Ibiza club vibe. Okay, I didn't like that remix, but I thought the other tracks were really interesting. You know, there's the um, uh, there was one with MC Bin Laden. For, for oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I love that one. Yeah. Um, I think when you guys are like very into <laughs> Afro beats. Yes. Mm -hmm, and you want to make it like the next big thing like in Europe because... Yeah. Everywhere else it is big, but not that much in Spain. I want to make um, funk carioca, like from Brazil, big in Spain. Like, I think it, I'm going to win your, in the battle of what's the next big sound happening. And really? I love all the MCs in Brazil, like, uh, obrigado. Um, I don't know my words. <laughs> I, I, I like funk carioca. <laughs> I, I <don't... laughs> you know your football more than your Brazilian. <laughs> All right, but, uh, I've got, hang on, I've got an idea. Uh, but Mark, have you got playlists and stuff? Made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I have following a couple playlists, and and they're the most fun. My favorite um, artist um, from funk, um, karaoke, and I, I have someone on my team that's better than the people on your Afrobeats team, oh. and that's Rosalia. Because she played a bit of funk um, at the Louis Vuitton show when she did that thing. She so did. She she's did. really into it, just like me. Oh, is that where she's going next, do you think? Oh, I don't know. Mm. I don't want to be against funk karaoke. I like it, but. But the, the song is good. Or you were going to say you didn't like that one. Oh, no, I really like that I, song. I love that one. Is funk karaoke, this, are we talking about baile funk? Or is it totally different oh, things? I, I, they're related. They're I think, related, but, but I'm not, I wouldn't. I wouldn't okay. Go into. 
But uh, I remember Albarn, when I managed to interview him for his solo album, I was I asked him, are you up to date on the Latin sounds? And he didn't say he didn't say anything about working with Bad Bunny. But at that time, that was two years ago. It was during pandemic. But uh, he did talk about MC Bin Laden. And I remember he said, yeah, DJ Bin Laden. Oh, not DJ. Uh, <laughs> MC Bin Laden. No, that's how much I'm with it these days. You know, <laughs> being sort of self-deprecating. It was funny. Uh, so you already teased that back then. Um, oh, if only we'd known. But that's that. I think my point is basically that tune um, and Crocodilas like are a lot better than many things on the album. They're kind of a lot more interesting, a lot wi- a bit weird. And I just kind of wish they'd been they'd been on the main album. Why sort of shunt them off into extra tracks? You know, when you could have had someone MC Bin Laden they've never worked with before. I don't think. Uh, who is very interesting, kind of gives it some of that sort of Brazilian vibe. And Dawn Penn, Dawn Penn's a flipping Dawn legend. Penn, Jamaican. You know. No, no, no. Exactly. You don't love me. Yes, I... Uh, th- this, is the, this is the wonderful thing of Damon Albarn. He's got Stevie Nicks on mm. Oil, right? Uh, which is another one of my favourite tracks. But apparently he he originally intended for Julian Casablancas to sing really? her part. Yeah, he says it. In, How do you know? He said it on the interview with Zane Lowe oh. that he did for Apple Beats. Uh, wonderful interview. Wonderful interview. On it's up on YouTube. He he goes to Zane Lowe goes with the camera crew to Studio Thirteen in London, where Damon shows him around and you know shows him all these wonderful instruments instruments and his how it's all archived and and they've got it's really a, a, a really nice studio. And uh, so apparently he wanted Julian Casablancas, which would have been a lovely duet. I'm kind of sad that he didn't find another way for Julian to be on in, involved in another song. But at the same time, Stevie Nicks is one of my favorite singers ever. I must say that I prefer, I, I wish her voice would have been more central front in the mix. I feel that they bathed her in effects and mm, that I didn't, you know. I think I don't know if you're gonna have Stevie Nicks, let that voice bellow out, you know, when she reaches those high notes. But you know, eh. and apparently it was because the engineer they were working with in LA said he knew Stevie Nicks personally, and all it took was a phone call to get her in. But like, I'm all for honesty, but if, if poor Stevie Nicks just yeah. been like, <laughs> oh, oh, so you didn't want me in your song? You wanted someone else? I was your second choice. Yeah, well, it's like Johan. Yeah, I'll go to the, I'll go to the, the, the ball with you, Johan. Everyone, like, a few other people have said no. So yeah, you know, yeah, I, no. yeah. I know. Well, it didn't come off as like a rude thing. Like he couldn't get Julian Casablanca, so then they went. No, Damon wanted Julian, but it was the engineer who said, "No, no, mate, dude, let's go for Stevie." And it's like, oh, is that a possibility? I mean, has that going to take me months of negotiating and stuff with some labels and managers? Like, no, no, no. Let me just pick up the phone. Yeah, she's up for it. Oh, <laughs> I've got a, a legend uh, instead of the other legend. Uh, there's time. There's time for Julian to to guest in a, in a future Gorillaz album. Now, what I loved about um, that Zane Lowe interview is that uh, Damon talked about how he's going to give up Studio 13. He's going to pass it on to you know donate it or let it let other people use it. Uh, as a social center for making music and stuff like that. that well, that's what I kind of let, read between the lines because he's, he wants to move to Devon by the sea full time where he bought a farmhouse from his success with Blur back in the 90s, in the mid 90s. And apparently he's building a studio and rehearsal space in a barn. So he's going to have Damon's no! old barn. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
yes. And he, I know it was going somewhere. I needed to put it in, and and we can all say that he now lives in a house, a very big house in the country. Well, actually, not in the country, on the seaside, on a cliff, and it's kind of. And I've seen a picture of it. I don't know if it's the real, if the if it's the real house, but it's it's on a cliff. And it's like, Damon, you you have sung about global warming and stuff. You do know that sea levels will eventually rise. It's like, it's kind of dangerous to 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 invest your future in a house that's on the cliff and that's at risk. Yeah, but a cliff is like it has height, right? It's not that high. Okay. It's not that high. Like it's not that far. It it might be twenty me. No, maybe fifteen meters above the sea level. And if it's a one of those like high tides, I think high tide, high tide. <laughs> um, sorry, it's so good. Uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of you. Your windows are definitely getting a lot of the sea water on there when when it's a nice storm. But it looks spectacular. And someone who else. He's is on his dream list and it hasn't happened yet, even though she did phone him to congratulate him on the Gorillas set at Glastonbury one year was Kate Bush. <gasps> and she fit and oh, that it would, does fit. It makes sense if it happened eventually. And he says it's like one of the hits. The holy grail for him is to have uh, Kate Bush and, you know, him play piano and have Kate Bush sat by his side, like improvised singing, wailing and stuff. And she also had woes with her house because she also lives on the edge of a cliff and the cliff started to crumble and descend, which is what made her come out of retirement and and play for 10 sold out shows in London to pay for the construction. Really? Okay. Yeah. I love this fun fact. Yeah. I love these This things. is a cliff special. <laughs> yes, it's a cliff special. But we, we're to, we're gonna, today we're going to be talking about domesticity in some kind of capacity due to the US Girls album. So uh, these things kind of, you know, I love the, the woes of like, Some of my favorite artists, like they have real problems with their property. You know, it's not like <laughs> I made lots of money selling records in the 80s. I bought a house and I forgot about life. No, you still have woes. You choose to live on a cliff in England, in the, in Britain, and you have these risks. And the county is like, look, mate, it's your property. We're not going to spend any of, we can't spend budget fixing your house just for you. You know, so she had to come out of tour, to come out to tour after like decades of being, re living reclusely. So in a way, thank you, nature. Uh, well, the lucky few that got to see her, and that included Big Boy from Outcast. Has Outcast duetted with Gorillas ever? No, I don't think so. No, Andre 3000, both of them, Big Boy and Andre 3000 on a Gorillas record would be fire. That should happen at some time. Oh, before we move on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben, Andre 3000 has. He has, has yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, there's my memory. But I just want to say one last thing about your review. My you favorite can. line from any music record review ever, and this was written by Ben Cardew reviewing the Gorillaz Cracker Island album for Pitchfork. Dependability is a good thing in friends, trains, and accountants. In mischief-making pop bands, not so much. There's a t-shirt waiting to be sold. Wow. Come You're on, man. You're very good, Ben. You Thank have you. children to put through college. Don't waste this brilliance. Copyright that and put it on mugs. Do you have a book, maybe? That we could buy. Certainly, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I too. Yeah, yeah. It's about popular hit-making combo, uh, Daft Punk. Yeah, I would love to read that. I'm gonna buy it. Daft Punk, who are reissuing. Uh, it's the 10-year anniversary yeah, of Random of Access Memories. Oh, even better. Even better. Maybe you have to write the book on RAM. I have two last questions, but yes. they're the same kind of. And um, what mark did you give the album? Because I, uh, I think it's 6.5. 
And okay. most of the Gorillaz albums on Pitchfork have 6.5, 6.7. Like they don't go above seven, like of the latest. So I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to put it a bit higher. Right. Yeah. And Ooh, do you have censorship? It's not. It's not censorship. As such. <laughs> I, I need clickbait. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to put a bit higher. Um, and they pointed out that their previous albums had got like roughly six point nine, and the review seemed a bit more enthusiastic. So okay. it wouldn't make much sense. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Hmm. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. And what does this six point five translate into breakfast? Breakfast oh, score. Because this one I, I have no clue um what it would be like in a breakfast level, like our breakfast um I think it's hotel buffet. L like Is it? A, a three star hotel but bu <laughs> breakfast buffet, but Good, a good, a, a three star that is almost about to get a fourth star because the buffet, because of the the buffet has everything. It's got the cereal, it's got the fruit, fresh fruit. It is that, mm -hmm. but it's that on the last day you stay. Okay. No, yeah. the penultimate day you stay. The penultimate day you stay because it's really good, but you're kind of used to it, and you're you're like, okay, all oh, right, okay, more more kiwi fruit. Is it okay? But that is not a bad thing. No. You see, is it's, it is it bad being depend depending on the kiwi that you've been having for like 20 years? The, the, the mix you don't of get the hype cereal? of the surprise of what is going to be there, but you're sure that you made the, the best choice out of all the choices because yeah. you're like, oh, this is what I've been having this last week and I know this is the best option I can have. So it's not a surprise like, oh, I wasn't expecting that, but it's a good thing that you know by now yeah. what you like. Wesley never fails. Wesley never decepts. I love how we're disease. so good at this. Like, I, I think we have like a special talent and like something very stupid. We have nailed, <laughs> nailed that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, because we're going to move on and talk about domesticity, one of the things that Damon has done is what U.S. Um, Remy, is her name? Remy, yeah, Meg Remy. Remy. Who, Meg Remy, who you've interviewed, she's she's uh, she's had something to say about, rather sing about, about all her friends. Who were able to take, uh, who were able to do during the pandemic, which was take urban flight. Let's listen to a song from US Girls just to um, separate into, segue into the next section. Okay, question for both of you. What is the sound of that? Without looking, what was the sound of that on the record? I think I'm, oh, the, like uh, a horn? Like a that sounded like a synth. Uh, like some effect put through a synth, like a horn through a synth. Wrong. What is it? It's a breast pump. <gasps> ah! It's a breast pump. Yeah. The ones that, that to draw out milk so that like an art, a touring artist can always have milk for the babies when she can't be there to feed them. Well, I, I didn't ask specifics, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a breast pump. Yeah, I mean the song that is pump, a, she so. sampled a breast pump. Remember when Herbert did an album entirely sampling Danny Siciliano's yeah. pregnancy? His partner. Back oh, was then. it pregnancy? I didn't know. Yeah, that, yeah, bodily functions, wasn't it? Yeah. He sampled her belly and stuff, and you know, you'd hear these. It was very subtle and stuff, and obvious. Uh, but yeah, it was. It was the concept was that he sampled his pregnant partner's body sounds and uh, made an album. And, and U.S. Girls picks up the mantle. So uh, there's lots of th themes on this record about, especially motherhood and and giving birth to twins. That are they twins or are they twins? Yeah, because. What's the other word? When they're not in the same sack, in the same womb? Oh, I think in English there's no difference. Yeah, it's still twins. It's just Oh, that's in Spanish, yeah, no? Yeah, yeah. 
uh, Mellizos and Hemelos. It's like identical twins and twins, I think we say in English. Mm-hmm. Is uh, okay, so two are, yeah, okay. Well, anyway, so she's, congratulations, uh, Miss uh, Meg Remy, for that. Uh, but what a, that must be a handful. Uh, is it the first, her first children? Do you know what? I, I'm not sure because I, I, for some reason assumed it was because I'd never heard him mention it before and then that song we just listened to said something like my girl is my, my first girl is two or something like that uh, and I was like oh and I only I, I kind of didn't ask um, in the interview because I interviewed her um, and uh, kind of wish wish I had I mean she didn't mention it either we talked yeah. a bit about the twins and that kind of thing but um, yeah uh-huh. well um but uh, but uh, well, anyway. But just to- talking about the the thing that she had about Urban Flight. You know, one of the songs talks actually sings about how uh, the, her friends who were able to afford uh, either buying property outside of the city, you know, in the Hudson along the Hudson River, or 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 just rent. You know, it's something that not a lot of people got to do during the pandemic, and it kind of became a a, a thing that people would in a boast about without realizing they were boasting no like oh yeah no we're well oh, yeah we're moving with the kids to the countryside we're quitting the city uh, enough of this and it's like you know how unlucky some people are that they can't afford to do that they have to just stay locked inside the, these things so she sings about this and it's funny because blur uh, the blur frontman uh, and gorilla's frontman recalled how when he bought the farmhouse everyone was like telling him he he was mad like what are you doing buying a remote farmhouse in the middle of nowhere but now everyone thinks he's a genius uh, so that ties in with what uh, Miss Meg Remy is singing about. It's like, yeah, if you're a successful Britpop superstar, you can get to do this, but regular people don't get to escape. Anyway, uh, I love music about domesticity. What do you like about it, Ben? Well, I really Mark. like it. I think we were saying this because, um, I mean, I am. I have two children, right? And I think, obviously, as soon as you, when you start getting older, start being a bit more domestic, that kind of thing, you kind of want music that, that sort of appeals, uh, you know, and reflects your life. In, in a way, which not saying like only that kind of thing, but I, I really like people who manage to do that. Um, and it's just quite atypical. I really like it when, when artists write about these kind of things. We were talking about this song, um, the, the one about sort of people moving up upstate, which is called So Typically Now. Um, That's the one, yeah. And um, I think you were saying that what a very boring uh, idea, you know, that that is to write about. But I really like it. It's just different. It's like not many people have done it, you know. And it's just like that is something a lot of people are talking about. And I think you've got to have a real gift to be able to actually reflect back something that people are talking about in a song without it being boring as hell, basically. Um, I guess the, 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 critical, the critique to this period of humanity is, you know how there's so many people hooked on podcasts that are just talking about the laundry and finding a comic angle to domesticity and... Uh, especially so many of these American podcasts that you know, they, and it's in, enjoyable to listen to because it's like, yeah, I can relate to all this, and uh, it just goes to show that 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 we don't have great struggles like other people in other parts of the world, right? This is the age of like, ah, uh, you know, I'm gonna have a little moan about first world woes, first world problems, but then you have U.S. girls who manage to make something interesting about it, and it's not the first time it's happened on pop. But you have some interview clips, don't you? Yeah, because um, I interviewed her about a month ago now. You, you can listen to the full interview uh, on various platforms. Um, let's play the first one, because the first thing I asked her about was, you know, what, like, cause how on earth, like, you can ever do anything with twins? I've got no yeah. idea. Um, and so I asked her about that. How did you manage to make an album 
in these circumstances. Was it, I presume you recorded it while pregnant before they were born or? And the... after, and after, wow. yeah, yeah. But, but how? I mean, <laughs> Well, you... part of it is having this studio. So we finished this studio two days before they were born. So like actually the day before they were born, I was, we were painting down here. So it was, this was a project that we were working on knowing if we don't get a home studio finished, we probably won't make music till they're 10 years old again or something. You know, it was, we need to be able to just go downstairs and record in, in whatever little windows of time that we get. So that was a big part of it was, um, having this space here but also the fact that i you know my main collaborator is my husband so we were this united front of okay we're having children and we're doing this but we're not going to lose our creative side we're not going to lose what we do to make a living this is almost more important than ever now it, it you know music and 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 took on a new uh, meaning because we have two people to care for now that like and with milk is like eight dollars a carton eggs are eight dollars a carton now it's like yeah we really need to we need to keep keep doing this and so it was very difficult to finish the record it was difficult to make it when i was at the tail end of the pregnancy extremely pregnant you know it was physically very difficult and emotionally difficult and then after just finding the time and being sleep deprived and totally out of it, how to focus, it was very difficult, but possible. And we did it. Eight dollars a carton. Where does this woman live? New York. Jesus. Eight dollars for a dozen eggs here. I mean, I'm always amazed at how cheap, really good quality, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, eggs. Eggs. You know, good quality. What you, uh, eco-friendly, raised in freedom chickens. Free, free range. Free Organic? range. That's it. Uh, free range. Free range eggs cost in Spain like you can get half a dozen. A dozen is five euros for like really high quality uh, free range eggs. Eight dollars a dozen eggs. Eight dollars a carton of milk. Yes, girl, you can't stop working. You got to keep turning those <laughs> albums out and, and and going on tour. Pauline. Wow. But see, I like I like this because it's like. When I was younger, I assumed that everyone who was in a band was like rich, you know, and if they had a little bit of success, it was like, you well, you must be a millionaire though. And you kind of grow up old and you're like, oh no, it's kind of not quite. And you sort of relate to them more, more as people, I think, you know, yeah. because if you just, I mean, it's nice to have like incredible rock stars that just seem amazing. But like, yeah. I also kind of like having some people who are just like, oh, oh, you're going through the same shit as me. Yeah. You know, you're sort of worrying about how much eggs cost, which I, I, I quite like, it's like again, that domesticity. But this is what I meant is like, I didn't mean it's like uh, domesticity can be boring, but for young people, do you want to like listen up to, especially this, this, this record is dancey. It's a record to listen to in a club, in a party. Do you want to dance listening to someone talking about <laughs> the price of eggs? She doesn't actually say that, <laughs> the, say that in the lyric, but transmitting the kind of yeah, why not? parent life. I, I must say when I'm dancing, I'm not listening that much to the lyrics, yeah. but if I am, I I mean it's so unexploited uh, this topic that I'm okay with it. Like yeah, but I mean I mean yeah, when I talk about like paying rent and stuff like okay. Yeah. But if I listen, if I think back to the music that I was sort of excited by in public spaces, like in a dance floor or you know in a concert, usually it's like 
generic songs about fighting for love, uh, pulling through, uh, fight, uniting, or or dancing with tears in my eyes. That kind, of, but like the price of milk is too high. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Property. Um, my friends are leaving the city. Uh, I don't know. Okay, but I'm 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 being silly. Uh, do you have another clip? Yeah, let's listen to. Uh, I, I got two more clip two because basically she was talking about. Um, it, what I think is interesting is this: is she she basically talks about how actually pregnancy um, and uh, yeah, well, pregnancy basically made her had a positive effect on making the album because it was like she couldn't sit around faffing around, you know, with synths all day. It was like right, I gotta I gotta get this done. Like two two twins are coming. Yeah, um, which I find is 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 very interesting. Let's have and listen to clip number two. Do you think, for example, being sleep deprived had a big effect on the album? I mean, I'm thinking of, I think there was a My Bloody Valentine album they recorded, you know, late night studios and because they didn't get any sleep, they kind of made this like really woozy shoegazing. Um, <laughs> I think it made me like after the fact, I think it, yeah, I think it's, there was a big difference in the vocals I recorded pre-birth and after. I think I was a lot more relaxed and just didn't care as much. Not 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 care, but like I'm just like whatever sounds good. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kill myself and get go down like the shame spiral of recording vocals that turns into like a whole situation. I'm just gonna like get these vocals down and do it because now I gotta go breastfeed or now I gotta go do this. You know, it was just a more let's make decisions and let's stick with them kind of thing. I think that definitely benefited us rather than endless tinkering when you have all the time in the world. <laughs> it is true. You do become pragmatic when your time is so precious once you, once you have kids and sleep. Yeah. All those nights that, uh, when a woman is pregnant, no, I know from my partner, she, she gets very bad sleep. She wakes up with flushes, hot flushes and stuff. Yeah. Being able to sort of, rather than switch the TV on and stuff, actually, make music must be a great way to relax you should make a recorded disco indie album she should make songs for kylie minogue i mean her voice is just so much like kylie's i mean now that she's living in a place where it costs eight euro eight dollars a carton of you know write songs for Ky for kylie uh make some money on the side um career tip i was gonna say it's interesting you brought up kate bush earlier because she um did an album aerial that was very 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 domestic and there was one song um, Mrs. Bartolozzi, in which she was talking about basically doing the chores and like um, like mopping the kitchen floor and uh, putting everything in the washing machine. And I remember when I first heard that, I was like, I, I guess I was like 25, 26. Yeah. I was like, what the hell are you singing? Like, why are you singing about a washing machine? And now I'm like, I'm kind of kind of into it. It's like, yeah, you know, that, 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 that's my life. And you see, Kate Bush was there, was there, was there first. That's how a bit of domesticity works. The other thing is that I find like. There's almost a problem with some artists these days. They they do have too much time, and like there's no, they, you know, because they're not recording in the studio. It's like, uh, you know, they don't have like the the clock watching, so they spend hours and hours and hours faffing around. And I think there's definitely something to be said in terms of like, no, yeah, just go and do it now. Yeah. Do we have a third clip from this interview? We do. This is the the basically I was asking what it's like um, writing about motherhood. So uh, the album as a whole, I believe, again, is, is a response to the idea of motherhood, the complexities of, of motherhood. Was that a difficult thing to write about? Uh, 
I don't find writing in general difficult, you know, it's like, if I have an idea to do something, then I just do it, you know, and the difficulty is maybe how to find the words, sure, right, but the, it's exciting, you know, I'd say it was more exciting, this was totally new soil I was toiling in that I had never, I had never had my hands in before, so it was exciting, it felt I, I was talking, I was able to be talking on themes that are universal, you know, everybody's born. There's, it's like the only truth, right? <laughs> like, uh, and we can all relate to that, that, and that's something that we all have in such, we have in common, which is, I think uh, we live in a day and age where we think we, we don't, have things in common or we're fighting that and it's all about differences when really it's we're drowning in similarities you know human beings so i found it exciting and um yeah not difficult i'd say it's even brave of her to to make uh an album about motherhood and becoming a mother because it can create a bit of uh slight backlash there's there's a current thing on internet i don't know if you saw What's her name? Uh, uh, Chelsea ha- Handler. Chelsea Handler, the comedian who's famously uh, non... What do you call it? She, she famously doesn't have kids and she's very proud of being a woman in her 50s who ha- who chose to not have kids. And she's always making funny videos on Instagram about, you know, like, oh, why? what's the good thing about not, not having kids? Uh, I get to wake up at 12 every day and do whatever the fuck I like and have a whiskey if I want. And this, you know, she, she's a comedian and, so, and she's had a lot of backlash from all these like conservative men from Fox News and stuff <laughs> like openly criticizing her for like, oh, you're a miserable woman. Your life has no sense without kids and stuff. So there's that. That's always a thing that I've perceived on on social media like a lot of women who choose for for a or for b or whatever to to not create and or raise a family which is totally respectable and uh this uh, u.s girls being so forward about it could maybe divide some of her fans or maybe some of her fans who who don't relate to this might find it a bit of a strong sentiment to withstand you know if if for whatever reason you don't have kids i don't know it's it's as I say, it's a risk. Not it's it's a brave thing of her to say, "Hey, I'm going to make music and about this that's happening to me in my life, and whoever wants to relate to it can and and enjoy it. And if you don't, well, sit this one out. I don't know. I want to ask what your favorite Domesticity albums are. Ma, you mentioned Kendrick Lamar. Oh yeah, I was like, oh my oh, god, yeah. <laughs> Kendrick yeah, yeah, Lamar's yeah. Mr. Morale. Because yeah, we were talking about this, and you, Johan, pointed out that maybe not that many men talk about it and more women you can find other examples but uh, the first one I, that popped out in my mind was um, Kendrick's last album and especially because I'm a visual person the cover like he's is he holding the baby or maybe he's holding, the, yeah. he's holding yeah. one baby and his and then the is, partner is holding yeah he's breastfeeding the other I think yeah. yeah and I was like yeah I, I, I remember he he was very like fatherly in yeah. a couple of the songs. True, or... true, true. Something that I don't know. I didn't. Maybe I wasn't alert alerted to the records that came out when I was growing up that talked about fatherhood, motherhood, and stuff. But the in the last couple of years, we've heard lots of. We've read many reviews of albums. Uh, Tirza's color grade that was about her process of being in lockdown and and being pregnant at the same time and and uh, 
feeling that that life grow inside of her. Uh, that was a beautiful album about motherhood. Was it Naya Archives? Who did it? No. No, I don't think so. Or, or Sadat. Uh, Overmono, who sampled it, do you mean? So, oh, no. I don't know what you said. No, no, no. Some, uh, uh, there was another record by uh, an artist who was, oh, I can't remember. Who's Suzanne Sunfor? Is this Norwegian um, singer-songwriter and um, one of those names I've heard a load. And it just so happened that Sergi put one of the new songs from her on on our, our sort of playlist. Um, it's called Alyosha. And I was sort of going through the playlist and I was like, oh, this is really, really nice. And it turns out um, that that uh, it is inspired indeed with her current state as a new mother. So I was like, uh-huh. oh, that's kind of convenient. I also wanted to um, mention this Mr. Mitch album that, that I told you about, who's like this sort of grime producer um, who very unexpectedly uh, made an album called Devote in which he talks about about fatherhood and he talks he like his um as one track that features his oldest son as well as his like the newborn baby um the track called Priority uh in which there's a rapper who's talking about the experience of becoming a father and there's a song called Oscar um in which he talks about Myla who's his oldest uh child talking about uh, being a big brother to the newborn baby Oscar and it's like wow in 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 grime I really really didn't expect that and it's a really beautiful album as well and I think it came out you know around about the time I think it was 2017 um when obviously fatherhood was was kind of very big on my mind see I don't know if there's more of this stuff now or we just notice it more yeah that's the thing when you when the, the world is divided between those with kids and those who don't and and when you do mm-hmm. have kids you all of a sudden start seeing everything around you you start detecting things that have to do with Parenthood, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily say if I want, want to divide the world in 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 that in that way. No, I know. I'm just because I read this book from Berta Romero. It's a, a funny book, like talking about oh, you know, basically the world is like those who have kids and those who don't. You are now in the and the <laughs> and uh, you're, you're in this group where all you talk about is the price of diapers and the price of eggs, apparently. <laughs> and and all of a sudden, you know, your friends who don't have kids, they're talking about Tinder and the last weekend at the Apollo and uh, the, this wonderful new pizza place that opened and stuff. And it's like that only opens at night and this cocktail bar that stuff. And you're like, uh, I can't take part in any of this. <laughs> this is why we have Ma. This is why she she keeps us yeah, up to date. The cool places the that cool. I go to, <laughs> and you can. Uh, anyway, uh, one thing that we can all agree on: there's a lot of great television uh, to watch, either being a parent or not being a parent. And one show that has united everyone lately is The Last of Us on HBO Max, starring Pedro Pascal, who has on an incredible run. He's not only... Ever since he met you, Johan. Ever, been... <laughs> ever since he danced with me in a stage in Madrid in a club, in a club uh, which was like the home to the club kids of the 90s, the House of Devotion, Pedro Pascal. He makes Pascal. me sick, he really yeah. does. <laughs> and he's also, uh, he's, he's just about to premiere the third season of Mandalorian today, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on Disney+. Plus. So it's like, man... You are killing it right now. Um, I'm I'm enjoying The Last of Us. I didn't think I'd enjoy a, a show based on a video game that much because whenever I hear uh, it's based on a video game, I always think Tomb Raider stuff like that. I'm not I'm not that invested in it. Plus, I'm I, I never really enjoyed The Walking Dead and that kind of post-apocalyptic vibe of all these sort of dusty towns and and people raid raiders uh, attacking each other and stuff. It's like I wasn't into it. And all of a sudden, this show, it caught me off guard. It, um, I'm enjoying it because it's kind of like a road movie. 
well, road movie without a car. Well, there is a car at one point, but they're, you know, they're traveling across the United States. Each episode is kind of a standalone episode, you know, of people they encounter in the journey. Obviously, a lot has been said and written about episode three, which was one of those, one of the best episodes ever to be shown on television, showing uh, uh, a beautiful friendship that that grows through this dystopian, in this dystopian world. Uh, but it's kind of idyllic because they live in this beautiful house and you don't really, there's no, there's not even a zombie in that episode. There is actually at the beginning, but not in, in the story. Uh, are you watching it, Ben? Yeah, and no, I've been really enjoying it. I've been watching it with... It's one of those rare things I can watch with my wife, basically, because we don't agree on all that much television. And you know if she likes it, it's it's good. It's good. And I just realised that both of them were in Game of Thrones. Pedro Pascal played uh, Prince mm, Oberyn true. and uh, Bella Ramsey played Lady Mormont. Bella Ramsey is so good. She's, she is... Yeah, she, her, her star is rising. Because she, she just did a, a movie with Lena Dunham um, oh, Lady Bird, yeah. not la, Lady Bird, Lady something. Yeah, they're about a thirteen-year-old girl in medieval times. Yeah. You know, going through medieval woes. The tone for 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 it being a Lena Dunham mo- uh, movie and script, the tone I felt was a little bit childish. Have you uh, seen it? Yeah, I, 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 but I didn't finish it. It it, oh. it was a little bit. I don't know. Uh, she's good. She's great in it, Bella Ramsey. But I expected it to be a and and also Hot Priest is in it. Uh, oh, from Fleabag perfect playing her father uh, it's got, uh, Russell Brand is in it it's got a really good Russell cast Russell Brand yeah, 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 what the hell is he doing in it well he's got a part in it you know because it, and, and that's why I was expecting like it to be like a a really good British comedy made by Lena Dunham in <laughs> for some reason Lena Dunham's doing a lot of stuff in Britain because she also wrote that show about the bankers oh yeah yeah that was London Bankers and it's like oh Lena Dunham producing a show about London Bankers what uh, random Instead of New York hipsters, okay, she can do anything. Can, but, I, can I show you the cutest thing in the world I've just discovered? What? Bella Ramsey's website. Oh, oh. my God. Like her actress uh, uh, portfolio. It website. looks like some fan art thing. It's bellaramsey.com. It? Don't, you don't, mess no. with, don't get bellaramsey.com. <laughs> Sorry. I, love, I love how there was a meme about a photo of her and Pedro Pascal posing at a photo call. And, and the meme was like, this is actually the age difference between Leo Di- Leonardo DiCaprio and his current oh, no, girlfriend. true. That's <laughs> um, disturbing. Yeah. What, what, what? Sorry. The, the, they made this thing, about, you know, because there's this incredible, like, kind of father daughter relationship between Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey's characters yeah they're, well anyway they, they've got incredible chemistry and, and all during the press tour of The Last of Us they're you know the the the, the chemistry is still there as for this friendship this kind of fatherly daughterly love and there's a the photo of them like posing like hugging on a, on a red carpet and it's like just so you know just so it sits in they have the same age difference as Leonardo DiCaprio and his current girlfriend. Oh, stop it, stop yeah, it, yeah, stop but it. That, that's how you understand the level of um, disturbingness that that's going on in some kind of relationship. Like, the, the Leonardo DiCaprio is like, this is not, like, fun. Well, it was never fun, but this is now actually disturbing it's starting to catch up with him like because no but um he he the the pr people and put out statements like oh my god he's so affected by the fact that this is the narrative that's been following him and then he proceeds to like date another 21 year old and it's like he's not disturbed at all he just doesn't want people talking about the fact that he has a problem 
He doesn't exactly go out of his way. Like, there's a very yeah. easy way to stop people it's, talking it's about like, him dating women under 25. I just date Kate Winslet one day, for God's sakes. I know, they're, be- they're best friends. Yeah, uh, no, don't date child. Don't date children. And he keeps like, because he's so, like, he's such a uh, brilliant, he does brilliant work for ecological activism. He invests his own money in making incredible documentaries. That, and it's like, Leo... It's not going to cut it any longer. Like, no matter how many documentaries you make about rainforests and ice caps melting, there's like, you got to, you got, <laughs> you have a problem with your uh, appetite for, if, say, for yeah. partners. Who we should point out are all uh, adults. Well, that is barely, that is barely, legal barely, age, you know. barely. No, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just being legal. Is, I'm just being legal. Yeah, it's not barely, barely. legal. Uh, 21 is the official uh, age. To, but where the, you're the other to drink. one was 19. Uh, yeah, the one that got the comparison between oh, Pedro, whatever, Pascal, Pascal and Bella Ramsey. And Bella Ramsey is because she, Bella is 19, just like the the model. It just, uh, it just, just because it's a she's a model, it doesn't mean like I know, you're allowed the, the, to date and, children. And the, <laughs> the, the, re, the, like, the thing is that DiCaprio kind of still manages in some of his film roles to elongate this image of him being this eternal young actor and it's like no dude you're like now closer to being what we think of as jack nicholson <laughs> than like the, the guy from titanic you know <laughs> there was that joke about how titanic turned uh, is older than 25 yeah. years so like the, now the, the, the girl wasn't even born when titanic came out <laughs> oh. So like Titanic is too old to be like considered by DiCaprio anymore. He's going to stop promoting it. Anyway, that's all we that's all we had time for. Let's say a couple of silly things about The Last of Us. Uh, great we show. We like it. Thumbs we like up. it. Mandalorian it. is 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 out tonight. Oh, I want to say something about pe- oh gorillas. Wait, last thing. Blur, okay? A band oh, yeah. that appeals to elder people. Uh, most of the audience is going to be old, but Gorillas appeals to young people, including Pedro Pascal. Not Pedro, sorry. Diego Luna, who plays Captain Andor in Star Wars. Just like, oh, I don't know where I was going there. Anyway. They're d- playing at Primavera. D- d- yeah. Diego Luna's kids were at Primavera watching Gorillas, and it goes to show like Damon Albarn. What a guy. He's, he's got one band who pleases like the, the elders, and he's got another band who pleases like the younger generations. Uh, I didn't put that in. Thank you for listening. That was a weekly <laughs> review. Uh, st- stay tuned for Victor Tapero's heavy rotation. <laughs>